When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com I'm your host, Ryan. Today, we're going to feature a discussion with Miss Carrie Green, who's going to talk about how to improve your self-worth and how that impacts your net worth. I'm going to read this quote to you right now by Ayn Rand. So, you think money is the root of all evil. Have you ever asked, what is the root of money? Money is a tool of exchange which cannot exist unless there are goods produced by men able to produce them. Money is the material shape of the principle that men who wish to deal with one another must deal with by trade, give value for value. Money is not the tool of the moochers who claim product by tears or of the looters who take it from you by force. Money is made possible only by the men who produce. Is that what you consider evil? The reason why I read you that quote, the reason why we're taking the show in this direction tonight is because I feel that we all have the capability of attaining great financial abundance, yet it is ingrained in us through cultural, through other institutions, that apparently money is evil and that it is not good. And I think that is total crap. And that once we get rid of a lot of these ideals, longstanding ideals, if you can root them out within your own self, you're probably going to open yourself up to greater uh, financial abundance and financial abundance is freedom. It's you know the ability to do whatever you wish to do, and I think add a lot of great value to the world. So I'm really excited to have Miss Green on because she really is going to teach us a lot of techniques on how we can value ourselves more and hence charge more money for our labor, our time, and our creative efforts. So the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show proudly presents a discussion with Miss Carrie Green. Joining us now is speaker author and coach miss carrie green we can learn more about her by going to her website at carrie green coaching and it's k sorry it's c-a-r-r-i-e green g-r-e-e-n-e coaching.com miss green is author of a great book cause called because you're worth it miss green welcome to the program thank you for being with us today it is absolutely my pleasure ryan thank you for having me join you thank you the reason why we're bringing you to the attention of our listeners today is because I think you have a great book that really talks about you know, maximizing your fulfillment in life by charging the proper amount. Can you please explain the gist about your book or the, some of the common points about why it's important to charge a good fee for service and why you should be, you know, not have any hesitation in billing what you're worth? You know, it's been so interesting for me. I have found that in my conversations with people – Again and again and again, I hear things like, you know, I don't have the experience yet. I can't charge that much money. I, I've spoken with one woman who had been in executive leadership positions for 20-plus years, and she went out on her own as, a, as an executive coach, 
And she said, I'm charging $7 an hour because I don't have experience as a coach. Another woman I was speaking with, also a leadership coach, had spent years working in high, high-level positions running multi-multi-million-dollar divisions of businesses and was charging $200 an hour, again, because she didn't have experience. And I look at women like these and many of my other clients, and they come to me and they say, I just can't do it yet. And I find that until you can start charging what you're worth, looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, the skills that I bring to this, whether or not I've been doing this exact role for a day, a week, or a month, or whatever it is, is worth something. And being able to do that enables you to feel good about what you're doing, earn the money you want, and deliver the service you want to be providing. Okay. So how should a person decide what to charge for a service? Because a lot of people who are listening to the show, some of them are small business owners, some of them are solar practitioners, some of them are providing a, um, a service. So how? It, what are some of the steps that a person can determine what is appropriate to charge for their services and products? There are a couple of things that I look at when I start talking about specifically pricing. And mm-hmm. one of the key things is what are the people that you're going to be working with going to get out of it? So, for instance, uh, let's look at a let's look at a simple product that all of us have purchased at some point: a pair of jeans. So, you buy those pair of jeans. What is the value that you're getting out of it? Is it are you buying these jeans simply so you could work in the garden, so that your knees don't get all cut up? Well, that's one service that it's providing. It's one value. Let's say, however, you buy these pair of jeans and it's really for the goal because you go into some party and you want to look really great at this party and your goal for these pair of jeans is to be able to put on these pair of jeans, stand up tall, feel good, look good, maybe even get on stage in these jeans or whatever it is for you. It's going to have a different value for you. So looking at the value that you provide but to the service that you're offering is a key component of the price you charge. One of the things I have my clients look at is to look at the end result of what their client is able to achieve through using the product or service that they offer and basing the pricing or the value of their product or service based on that value that their client, the end value that their client is able to receive from it. Okay. Now, There are some people who believe that they have a phenomenal product. They believe that they provide a phenomenal service. Yet, I guess they would have to say that all their other competitors may be charging less for that. How do they compete, and how are they? How can they be competitive if a lot of the people that are in the same field are charging a lot less? How and you know people maybe don't appreciate the value that they're bringing. And you know that's so interesting. I live in South Orange, New Jersey, which is probably about 15 minutes away from the mall at Short Hills. They don't even call it the Short Hills Mall. This mall is a destination location. It's really a destination mall. You've got everything in this mall from Macy's and The Gap and things like that all the way up to Neiman Marcus. Let's look at a pair of shoes there. You can buy a pair of shoes for $15, dollars $20, $30, $100. You could also buy a pair of shoes truly in the same department for for $1,000, $2,000. So again, you know, these are just shoes. Everyone's selling just a shoe. So why pay more for one than the other? And it comes down to a couple of things. Part of it goes back again to the value that the customer perceives. What does the customer feel when they buy this? What is the branding associated with it? How How is the branding portrayed? Uh, 
how how do you feel buying at Neiman Marcus versus buying at the Gap? You know, these are things that it, it's about the customer and their perception. The other side of it is the perception that you have of your own product or service. How do you feel about it? What is the confidence level that you're bringing when you look in the mirror and you say, I am worth it. I can charge this because the product or service that I provide is worth that kind of money. What are a couple of things that a person can do with their product or business to immediately increase public perception that what they have is of greater value? So much of this is about your own belief in you. The book I've written, Because You're Worth It, is based on something called the value formula. It's understanding your own vision, your vision for yourself and for your clients, the actions you take on a regular basis, what you've learned over the years that add to who you are today, that you're unique, that there's nobody else in the world that can do you the way you do you and provide what you provide, and that you get to say enough. And when you look in the mirror and you feel good about that and you believe it personally, it enables you to start doing it. So that is one big piece of it. It's you stepping into the value and believing it yourself because when you believe it, people will believe what you say. It's actually very interesting. People don't so much care what you say. What they care more is whether or not you believe what you're saying. That's kind of like people can tell. If you say it's $1,000 and you don't believe it's worth $1,000, well, there's no way your clients will believe it either. If you say it's $1,000 and believe it, then they will believe it as well. Now, that is one piece of it. Clearly, you have to provide the service that's worth it and not just kind of say $1,000 because, well, that's a number, but truly believe it within yourself and then help your clients as part of your sales conversations to again, understand what they're going to be able to achieve because they're using your service and that it's truly worth $1,000 for them. Okay. What if you have people that are just thinking about their bottom line? They're looking at your product or service as a number and saying, well, we only have X amount of dollars in our budget. We can only spend X amount of dollars. We have to be committed to that price range. How do you convince those people to kind of break their own rules and to give your product or business a shot? It's... in. What you need to do with people like that is start talking to them about why they're interested in investing. Why are they doing this in the first place? Uh, if it really is just a commodity that they are buying, then they're gonna be, you're going to be competing on price, and depending on what it is that you offer and how it is you want to run your business, it may not be the right client for you. There have been people that I have said no to as clients because truly all they are interested in is price. If, however, the client maybe shopping by price, but you can turn the conversation around into more about understanding why it is that they want your product and what it is they're going to be getting out of it. Then you could start to switch the conversation to more around value and why to invest in it and start saying things like, are you going to be looking at a generic product or are you looking at a, at a, at a named product? So for instance, are you looking at plastic wrap or are you looking at saran wrap so you know what is it that you're looking to buy if it truly is plastic wrap well then that might not be your client okay on our show we really have discussed a lot of metaphysical and spiritual lessons discussions have had a really you know what 
I just need to pause for one second because I um, I goofed on this question. So we're just going to do a, uh, a pause for just one second. Three, two, one. On our show, we've focused a lot on metaphysical and spiritual. And I'm wondering, curious to know, do you find that people are able to charge more or less based on their religious or spiritual background? How much of a factor does a person's religious or spiritual beliefs uh, impact their ability to charge more or less for their products or services? You know, it's interesting. I have found that over the last 13 years that I've been in business myself, there has been no better course in personal development than running your own business. You run into every single obstacle that you've ever kind of created in your mind, knew existed, and certainly the ones you didn't know existed. So what I find in here is that the more you believe in yourself and however you come to that belief, whether it's through your relationship with whatever spiritual kind whatever spiritual guides you follow, uh, through any sort of personal development, through any sort of you know, I, I call it listening to my gut instinct. That's mm-hmm. that's what that's what it is for me. Um some people call it spirit, some people call it God. So, you know, we have all different ways of dealing with it or relating to it. And I find that the more that we've been in our own business and have gotten to know ourselves and in many ways how we function in the in this world of ours, the further along we get in this. And this is a constant journey for all of us. And the other piece of it that I find very interesting is that we always teach on many levels what we need to learn. Okay. So go ahead. If you have an open-minded belief system where you're open to more ideas, does that make you more open to being able to charge more for your products or services? Or if you have a very limited belief pattern, a very limited belief system, does that impact your uh, self-value and self-worth and capability of charging uh, less or more for your products and services? I definitely find that the people who are more closed-minded about the way that they think and the way that they operate in this world certainly have more trouble relating to the concept of a value-based pricing. Uh, Everything is much more black and white to them. In terms of whether or not there are religious or spiritual beliefs, it's generally not something that I'm focused on with my clients as much. So I'm not saying that. However, that mindset, being open to other possibilities, that is something that we definitely discuss. Okay. One part you write about in your book is you say that it's easy – to undervalue ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we accept the uh, value that others place on us. He said, it's a phenomenon you experience firsthand. Why does this occur? And why do some people undervalue themselves? You know, I wish I knew the answer to that question. And, you know, like I said, we always teach what we need to learn. And here I am teaching about value. Clearly, it's something that I need to learn as well. And what is, what I find so amazing is you can go into uh, – I've, I've gone into a party, and someone says, well, Carrie, that shirt looks great. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what do they want? Or I'm thinking, no, it really doesn't look great. You know, it's kind of wrinkled, or I prefer a different color or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't believe that. Why not? Why don't we? And I don't have an answer to that. I wish I did. It's something that I constantly struggle with myself. Why can't we accept the compliment? Why can't we accept and believe that when someone says, this is awesome, 
It really is. Why do we always second guess ourselves? Why do we have that that recording going in our in our brain? No, it's not good enough. It's not perfect enough. There's something I missed. Can't you see that I didn't cross that T or dot that I? And you know, we're always playing with that perfectionism and the self-doubt in that. So why? I wish I had the answer. Sure. Can that perfectionism and self-doubt actually be a, actually a positive because it could be pushing people to reach high, uh, bigger heights? I was wondering if people are just accepting the way things are or they're satisfied that they're always going to be peaking and never going beyond what they're capable of truly doing because they're not pushing themselves hard enough. I think in some cases it absolutely can help you. It can help you make it a little bit better and a little bit more done and get it out there to the world in a better way as long as you actually release it to the world. And I haven't been in business 13 years. When I look back at my first website, when I look at, at the first newsletters I've written, uh, I cringe. And I can't believe I went out with that branding. And I can't believe that spelling mistake. Or I can't believe what it looked like or what I said or that marketing message. But I also know that had I not done that imperfect action, I would never be where I am today. And I also know that even in the space of this recording, this 30 minutes that we're going to spend together, I'm going to think, okay, that went pretty well. And then <laughs> a week from now or a month from now or a year from now, I'll look back and say, oh, my God, was that really the message that I put out there? What role does an ego have, your ego have, in determining how much you're willing to charge for your product and services? And if you have an unhealthy ego, could you be charging a lot more for your products and services than they're actually worth? Like, what is what is the healthy balance between, you know, having a healthy ego and having a healthy perspective on what you should be charging for your products and services? So your ego is really about your belief in yourself, okay. and your the more you believe in yourself the more you'll be able to go out there and assuming, of course, that you're actually delivering the value that you believe. So we're making that assumption for a moment. So if you truly believe that you're, and I'm just going to pick $1,000, if you truly believe that you're worth $1,000 and your clients are getting $1,000 worth of value, then your ego and the value you're placing on your products or services and the product and the value that your client is getting is all equal, and that's a very healthy state to be in. What happens is sometimes many of the clients I work with, their egos are saying, I'm not really worth $1,000, and therefore their clients aren't getting, they, they actually don't even end up getting $1,000 worth of value because you're not able to provide it because you don't, everything gets all messed up. You're not selling well. You're not selling effectively. Your clients aren't, looking at the value that they're getting high enough because nothing is working. The other side of it, though, is if, you're, if you have a really boosted up ego and you're not providing the real value, you're going to come off as fake. You're, and if you do sell, your clients are going to be dissatisfied with what, you get, with what they're getting, and that's going to just spread. Your clients are going to be dropping like flies. They're going to, you know, you're going to be constantly dealing with people dropping off and clients going away. Got it. And how do people charge an appropriate amount for their services when you have this factor and it's called inflation? It just you, there's, if you look up and look up the inflation calculator, twenty dollars in 1990 is worth thirty six dollars in today. That shows you how much inflation rises. 
So how do you charge an appropriate fee for service when inflation has constantly go against you, when the, mon- when the money that you have is constantly losing value? How do you keep up with the inflation? You raise your prices. Okay. It's really that simple. You look at what you're doing as you get better, as you get more experience, which you will, you will start to see the value of what it is that you're offering go up. The other piece of it is, and this is in my book as well, to start to look at what it is you want to achieve in your life and how, what actions do you want to be doing? Who do you want to be working with? How do you want to be working? And how much money you need from that? And start to do a calculation of, well, if I only want to work with 10 clients and I want to make $10,000, then each client needs to pay me $1,000. And start to decide what are the services that you provide for that, for that, for that $1,000. Okay. And can you please explain your value formula, the five components of your value formula Absolutely. that are in your book? Absolutely. The first piece of it is, and it goes V-A-L-U-E. So yeah. V stands for vision. And your, what we talk about with vision is your vision for yourself and your vision for your clients. And part of it is, in fact, that calculation. What is it that you want to be doing? How do you see yourself? What sort of vision do you have for yourself? The higher your vision for yourself, and this also includes what it is you want to be doing with your life, what role do you want to be playing, the more you could step into that vision, the more you see your self-worth. And on the other side of it, the vision you have for your clients, what do you see them able to achieve because of the product or services that you provide? How do you see their lives getting better, easier, smoother? What problems do you see them avoiding or recovering from or getting through because of the work you do with them? That's one component. That's, uh, that's the component of value. The next step is action. A stands for action. And that's the specific actions you take on a regular basis. So these are the actions that you take to get you closer to your vision. It's the actions you take so that you're crossing things off of your to-do list. I know that when you have something, you know, even for me, you know, I've had something on my to-do list for weeks, and every day I look at it, how do I feel about myself and the value that I bring to my clients when, I ha- you know, when I've got that one thing circled and arrowed and highlighted and everything else and haven't done it? So the more you could take action on a regular basis and cross these things off of your to-do list, the more value you bring to your clients because you feel good about what you're doing. You feel that you're achieving the things that you've committed to doing so that you are bringing a higher quality product to your clients because you are fulfilling your own obligations. The next step is learning. L stands for learning. And these are all the pieces that you've learned all over your life. They're it's the degrees you've gotten in school. It's certificates you may have gotten that enable you to do whatever business you're in. It's also things like, um, I love to bake and I love to cook. Those are just things about me. And I use cooking and baking examples so frequently in my business. Um, I was at the gym this morning, and one of the things that we did was go up, up onto the roof and we flipped these big tires. And I shot a video. And during this video, I came up with a business message about it. So these are all things that I've learned along the way that I add va- that add value to me and therefore to my clients. U stands for unique. Unique is that you are the only one in the world who can do what you do. That 
people are buying your quirks, your faults, the things that make you laugh, the things that make you cry. That's what people buy from you. And the more that you are you and don't try to be somebody else, there's actually a great story about it in my book, how I was on stage at one point totally humiliated because the woman next to me in my mind sitting there outshone me to such a degree she, we were polar opposites, and she just owned the room. And I sat there with one or two lines coming out until I finally realized that there were people in that room that only heard me because of who I was, and there were people in that room who only heard her because who who she was. And if I had tried to be her or if she had tried to be me, we both would have looked like fools. And mm -hmm. finally, E stands for enough. And enough has two meanings. The first is that you get to say enough, you get to say no, you get to say enough of this, I don't need to do it. Uh, I could have said enough, I don't want to do this interview. That would have been a choice. Mm -hmm. Not good or bad, it's just a choice. And the other side of it is that you already are enough. You don't need another 30 certifications, just go and do. Okay. And this is actually, this came from your side. You mentioned that no one buys from you because they're desperate for a sale. They buy from you because they're desperate for a solution. Yes. So when you have all these people that are desperate for, for a solution, what are some of the things that you recommend to people to become that solution, to make themselves available and convince people that they are the solution? Well, first of all, you can never convince anybody that you're the solution. They have to believe that they have a problem that is worth solving and that you could help them solve that problem. Some ways to do it first and foremost are to listen. You need to listen to the person that you are involved in any sales conversation with and not to be desperate. So many times my clients will say to me, Carrie, I just need this sale so badly. The more you need a sale, the more you need to stop that recording in your head and just focus on the other person. Your role in a sales conversation is to facilitate a conversation in their mind. And that conversation in their mind is about what is my problem, how bad is that problem hurting me, and what is life going to look like when I solve that problem. And your role as a salesperson at that point becomes if you can solve the problem for them to help them see your role in that solution and to offer right. them an opportunity to join you to help them solve the problem. And when you're engaging that person, trying to engage whether or not you can solve their problem, do you ask your clients to incorporate logic? Do you ask them to incorporate rational thinking? Do you also ask them to incorporate gut feelings? What are some of the key factors, the ways to determine right away if you are an appropriate fit to solve a person's problem? It's all of the above. Uh, certainly okay. logic, you know, uh, People, people actually buy from emotion more than they'll buy from logic. They will, they will buy from emotion, however, they will justify through rationalization. So you need to help them feel that you are the solution, and then they logically need to see this is how the program is going to work. This is how we'll get you through there. Always, always, always keying back to the emotion. Okay. And... Coming back to your book, there's one interesting part. I love uh, a lot of among many interesting parts. You'd mentioned that there are some people that wait for the perfect moment 
to take action. And you had written that if you wait for that perfect moment, chances are you may never get it done. Can you please explain why a lot of people wait for that perfect moment and why they should be taking action immediately? So I'll just give you an example from my life today. My uh, it's, my assistant has been driving me crazy, and she says, Carrie, you need to be using Facebook Live. Everybody's doing Facebook Live. You need to do it. So today I got up. I went to the gym. I came back. I had client calls. I, I've got to get this Facebook Live thing done. I need to shower. I need to dress. I need to put on makeup. I need to, I need to, I need to. Instead, I just picked up my phone, and I said, let's just do it. And I looked the way I looked, and I had all these people following me and commenting because I showed up. And the reality is that it's never, ever going to be perfect. Just get out there and do. Show up. Be who you are. Be yourself. Be unique. And no one else went out on Facebook Live today probably looking the way I did. And that's just fine. You did it. And it leads into another question, which is about action. You you really talked about saying how can – taking actions increase your value. What are some of the basic actions, let's say three or four different actions a person can take every single day that will not only dramatically increase the value of their business but also increase the self-worth of the individual? It's a couple of things. I, one is actually step outside every day, breathe air. Not, not recycle air, just breathe air. <laughs> I think just having that will increase your value dramatically. Having said that, let's get a little bit more into business. Reach out to somebody every day. Make a connection. It can be a networking connection. It can be a sales conversation. Make a connection. And as part of that connection, have an ask. Sometimes that ask might be, can you uh, bring me on to do, to do a presentation? Do you know anybody who, can, who I can get on stage for? Um, do you know anybody who could use my services? Can you use my services? Make a connection and make an ask. Do those things every single day. Your business will transform. Do you feel that when people are trying to determine the value for the products and services, that their limitation in charging for their product or services could actually be directly related to an unresolved personal trauma, like somehow witnessing 9-11 or somehow experiencing something horrible happen? Do you think that trauma and unresolved emotional issues are a direct correlation between a person's able ability to charge proper value for a product or service. You know, I've never thought of it that way, Ryan, and that, that's a really interesting angle to it that I'm going to consider in another, you know, as over the next couple of weeks and months, I'm sure. What I do see, however, is that something like 9-11, clearly there was a trauma there, clearly for me. Uh, and you know other people as well, but I'm talking about me right now. I'm still dealing with that trauma. Uh, there are many things that I'm like, I should probably still end up on a couch because of 9-11. Um, and yet, what I also know is that because of 9-11, my experience there, my experience through other traumas, and everything else that I've gone through in my life, good, bad, and indifferent, all of those add to who I am. My experience on 9-11 adds to the value that I bring my clients. It has made me who I am today, and that is that adds to me. Um, I, I think very often we try to hide those traumas, and 
assume that they haven't happened or pretend that they haven't happened, in which case you're not, how can we put this, you're not giving yourself credit for what you've okay. learned over the years and therefore aren't getting paid for it. And one of your previous articles you had written about was to not judging your – don't judge your value by Facebook. And I think there are a lot of people <laughs> who they, they're they only as good as how many friends they have or how many retweets they get. And you know we live in a very digital social media age. So what role from your experience do you see as Facebook having a direct impact on people's ability to feel good about themselves and their ability to charge for their product and services? And from your perspective, should social media – be marginalized or be diminished in terms of determining a person's true value and true self-worth? You know, there's another piece to the Facebook. And it did, uh, you're 100% right now. How many friends do I have? How many retweets? And everything <laughs> uh, look, uh, my daughter says it to me, Mom, how come you got 70 likes on that profile picture and I only got 30? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm competing with a 22-year-old. But <laughs> what's even more than that that I see going on on social media is really fascinating. You get the extremes. You get the people who say, closed 20 sales today, made $3 bazillion today, got 90 credit card numbers. And then you see the others that, life is so miserable, I'm ready to go shoot myself. And you know, I don't take that lightly, but it, those are the extremes you're seeing on Facebook. The reality is that for most of us, you wake up in the morning, you eat your breakfast, you get, maybe if your kids are still home, you get them off to school. You do this, Aaron, you've done the laundry, you've worked with a client, you've played on Facebook, or you've life is just life. And I think that's what social media misses, is that life is simply life. And it's not those extremes. Like, yeah, we have, some of us have those extreme days. We all do at times. But for the most part, life is just life. And that's what Facebook and that's what all the social media misses, that just had a normal day. <laughs> You know, nothing great happened, nothing terrible happened. It was just a normal day, and that's what social media misses so much. Do you, do you think that one way that, that it causes people to inappropriately value themselves? Because some person might say, well, you know, I've got X amount of friends, I've got X amount of retweets, so obviously I'm, I'm doing much better when they, maybe they're not paying attention to the quality of the products or the services. And then someone else is doing exceptional what they do, but because they don't have thousands of Twitter followers that they're – feel less compelled to charge the due value for the products and absolutely, services. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we're also judging by something that's not even real. You're judging sure. by that person's fake blown-up number, and you're thinking of yourself like crap. So you're devaluing yourself because of something that you're, that's not even real. We look at a lot of your life lessons or things, lessons that you have. It's, it seems like it's great for business. It's really great to, to be able to charge your true value, but how would you apply your life's work to people who are trying to be successful in their personal lives? How can the lessons that you've taught help people in their relationships, in marriage, and you know, living a more fulfilling life, lifestyle? You know, it's funny. I um, You spent a few minutes, I'm sure, based on your questions, looking at my blog. Mm -hmm. I'd say... Two-thirds of – probably a third of the articles there start with, I was going for a walk and 
or something along that line. You know, so my personal life, I so often find the connections to the business world. And the other bunch, the other, all the other um, articles start with, I was speaking with a client and, and they all apply as well. Our businesses are a reflection of ourselves. And every lesson that we work with in our business is a, bit, is a lesson we are working for or with on ourselves. The way that I work with my clients, the problems I have with any client I have, the things that come up with my clients are things that come up in my family, in my relationship with my friends, the things that come up with when I'm sitting at my desk trying to push myself through a project. Everything that we're doing is reflected in all areas of our life. Where we've got a problem with the way we're working, that problem exhibits itself everywhere. So everything that you're doing, everything that I've learned in my personal life gets applied to my business. Everything I work with in my business gets applied to my personal life. Ms. Green, are there any books that you've read that had a substantial impact on your way to perceive uh, reality in business? And are there any books that you recommend in addition to your book for people to read, to engage? Absolutely. I'm going to share with you a book that will take you about 20 minutes to read and is illustrated in one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen. It's called Hope for the Flowers, and it's by an author by the name of Trina Paulus, P-A-U-L-U-S. This book is, um, how do I describe it even? It's a book about, oh, I can actually look at the, I'm going to read you the very, very front of it. It's a tale partly about life, partly about revolution, and lots about hope. It's for adults and others, including caterpillars who could read. My favorite quote if any, of all time is in this book, and it's, how does one become a butterfly, she asked pensively. You must want to fly so much that you are willing to give up being a caterpillar. And that's on page 75 of this book, and like I said, the book will take you 30 minutes to read. It is one of the most powerful books. It really is about belief. It's about being willing to give up who you are and moving on to something else and being and seeing more in yourself than you could ever see on your own. The other book, and I'm kind of looking at my shelf to see what I've read recently that I really like. Oh, I know a book to share. I just read a book by, um, called Presence. It's by Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y. And she talks about... I mean, we've all heard um, fake it till you make it, and that really implies that you never really become that thing, that you're always faking it, and you fake it until you're good enough. And what Amy Cuddy talks about in her book is really about faking it until you become it. And the more that you own who you are and the more that you step into it and allow yourself to pretend at first, and then the more you're pretending, you actually become it. So fake it until you become it. And it's an excellent book called Presence. I'm also reading Fascinate right now by Sally Hogshead. Have not finished that yet, but that is a truly wonderful book as well. Excellent. And the final question we have for you is what would you say would be the two most profound lessons you want people to take away from reading your book and take away from uh, learning about you? People buy your quirks. People buy who you are. Stop trying to pretend you're somebody that you really aren't. 
be you. The more you're you, the more people will buy. The more you will be able to own who you are, charge what you're worth, and have incredible, incredible successes. Um, that would certainly be one of them. The other one that I would say is stop saying yes to everything. Give yourself permission to say yes to the things that matter and no to the other things. By saying no to things, you give yourself permission to say yes to other things. It's incredibly, incredibly powerful. Say yes to yourself and say no to the rest. Miss Carrie Green, I want to thank you so much. Really enjoyed the interview. I thought you brought a lot of interesting points, very helpful. I think it's a lot of great information that our listeners can use. Can learn more about Miss Carrie Green by going to her website at carriegreen, G-R-E-E-N-E, coaching.com. And the book you definitely want to check out is called Because You're Worth It. You can buy it on Miss Green's website. You can also get it on Amazon.com. Ms. Green, thank you so much. Really enjoyed having you. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our incredible guest, Miss Carrie Green. Special thanks, as always, to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Laura Lynn, Miss Lisa Casa, and the Astro Phenom, Miss Constantellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, Please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. Till the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and fears. Take good care and have an unbelievable rest of the week. Oh, thank you so much for listening. The deals are getting hotter during the Deer Days of Summer. Get 0% financing for 60 months on all John Deere compact tractors. Plus, get a best-in-class six-year powertrain warranty at no additional cost. Hurry in today for the hot deals of summer. Offer ends August 2nd, 2016, subject to approved installment credit with John Deere Financial. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Visit your local John Deere dealer today to take advantage of special savings going on now. Find out more at myjohndeeredealer.com.